My name's Steve Feltham, full-time hunter of the Loch Ness Monster, and you're listening to the Unbelievers Podcast. MUFON, the Mutual UFO Network, founded in 1969 as a non-profit organization composed of civilian volunteers who study reported UFO sightings and is one of the oldest and largest organizations of its kind. With more than 4,000 members worldwide and chapters and representatives in more than 43 countries. MUFON has been involved in many famous UFO investigations, but did you know that they produced a documentary miniseries in 2008? Tonight, the Unbelievers Podcast returns to some real UFO terror as we discuss the strange events of January 8th, 2007 and the unbelievable story to follow. So grab your fishing sneakers because it is time for Chris Bledsoe and the Fayetteville Incident. Right here in the program, we continue to learn to unlearn everything you know. Hello and welcome to the Unbelievers Podcast. I'm Russ Ryan, and joining me as always is Drea Mora. Hello, Drea. Hello. And, of course, soundboard engineer and producer Rob Oakey. You, you remember nothing? No. Hi. What's <laughs> up, guys? What is up, Rob up? and Drea? It is great to be back. And, we, man, we kind of missed a week because we were out uh, we doing Mardi Gras, but we are back, and we're excited to see you, Rob. I feel like I haven't seen you in forever. I know, I know. Did you did you show your tits remember, at Mardi Gras, Ross? <laughs> That's what we all want to know. Did you do it? I mean, yeah, it might have happened. I don't know. I wasn't. <laughs> you know, I can't speak for everything that happened there, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Since being back, though, we got to do. We did a fun live stream, and we got a new bonus episode out. But it has not been the same without you. I'm happy to be back, Drea. Uh, you missed yes. Rob, right? Of course, he's been gone like forever. He's like a ghost. I am alive. I'm here. And That's I'm, good. In the I'm afterlife. ready to talk about fucking UFOs and stuff. Getting into some UFO talk. Because last week was kind of, last episode we were so psyched for UFOs. It was a bit bullshit. But not tonight. Because tonight we will be talking about Chris Bledsoe and the Fayetteville Incident. Now the radio says, well, you better look out. Here come the little green men And if they land in your backyard Then you better not let them in But I just ignored my radio And I stepped out on my lawn And there was a couple of the little green men They were swinging it arm in arm Yes, George Morgan there, a little green man And that must mean that we are once again talking UFOs and yes, I mentioned UFO terror was a bit bullshit. It was mostly skinwalkers. We're going to make up for that with some actual UFO terror and aliens. I'm very excited for this. Hell yeah. Yeah, and it's just UFO people too in this one. There's no celebrity guest stars. This isn't, no. you know, uh, this isn't driven by any sort of famous child star or anything <laughs> like that. So this is just like back to the 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 realness of UFO documentaries. This isn't about any sensationalizing. Oh no, this is serious boots on the ground work because the show that we will be discussing is called UFOs Over Earth. And it might as well be called MUFON Gone Wild because this show is all about the mutual UFO network investigating cases and they're just showing off the full power of this group. I want to see MUFON Gone Wild. That sounds that, Yeah, I'd watch great. that. 
Yeah, that sounds dope. Actually, I don't know. I've seen what the people look like who go to those MUFON conventions. This, Maybe I don't want to see no, them. No, this so is them going wild. Is what we, going mild as, as far going as they can mild. take it. <laughs> mild, please. Let, let's, let's hear about this because uh, we're going to hear the intro for the show, which is one of the stranger intros I've ever heard. We've watched a lot of these shows because they say the premise of the show, like most intros would, and then they say it again as if they're already filling time before the show's even started. <laughs> UFOs exist. What is not certain is what they are. The Mutual UFO Network, or MUFON, watches the skies, investigating sightings soon after they occur. Their investigators use the tools of science, psychology, and law enforcement to get as close to the truth as the truth will allow. Unidentified flying objects definitely exist. Only okay, yes. their identity <laughs> remains a mystery. Jesus. Okay, yes, I know. The mystery of <laughs> UFOs over Earth. Let her cook, Russ. Let, let the woman cook. I, it's She's so hard it for us, man. <laughs> we got it. We know. You have, are UFOs real? <laughs> yes, technically, yes. Of course, she says, uh, hold on. She's God. building it, man. She's building up suspense. <laughs> this is a professional we're dealing with here. Totally. Yeah, I wasn't getting bored. Unidentified flying objects definitely exist. Yes, because there are unidentified flying objects. It could be anything. You just don't know what it is. It's just <laughs> nice to hear someone say it, finally. Finally. Thank you. Okay, so we know that going in already. They definitely exist. And as this begins, we get to meet the MUFON investigator at the head of this story. And this is a man named Rich Lane, who has some pretty deep thoughts regarding this UFO field. You, you know, when they talk about Galileo, he'd have his telescope and he'd invite people from the scientific community to come and, and look in the eyepiece. They didn't believe and, and they wouldn't look in. And what we're facing with here is this is out there and some of us are looking in the telescope and trying to figure out what's going on out there. I'm MUFON's chief investigator for the states of North Carolina and Virginia. I essentially work as a volunteer and volunteer my time. <laughs> oh, is that what a volunteer does? He sounds man important. I feel like he's holding up his badge as he's saying that, but I know <laughs> he's not because I watched the thing, but feels like the way he says it, he... Feels very official. It's a very deep statement. I gotta say, did people really tell Galileo to go kick rocks? Like other scientists, like <laughs> I invented Fuck this yeah. telescope. They were like, we, "I'm no way. I'm looking in that thing." I'm at not all. looking in that devil wand. I mean, there were a lot of religious people, you know, who didn't like the idea that they weren't the center of the universe. And yeah, shit like that. They thought I, they were I getting heard, pranked. It was one of those things that gets your pranked. eye. <laughs> I heard he old did get bullied. Me. He got bullied a lot, though, Galileo. He got I think pants it was because of his time. name. I don't think people, I think the other guys, they thought his name was kind of, I don't know. Galileo. It was a, it's a weird name. That's all I'm going to say. Galileo? How many of Galileo's it's a pretty, do you it's know? It's a pretty cool name, I think. I'm surprised there's not more people named but that. But just, it's got to be. That sounds adventurous. Be it's like a pirate's name. I look in a pirate's eye scope or whatever. Galileo. So what, what he's bringing up here, I think if given the option, what he's saying, if given the option, people would look at UFOs. If you were like, look right there, there's UFOs. Even in a telescope, I think they would do it. <laughs> no, they're going to cover their eyes and be like, no, we're not, no I'm not looking up there. It's not, I, I love this analogy. I love the analogy, but I want to look at a UFO through a telescope. So yeah. let's combine these things. Win-win. Just... Galileo wins. Rich Lane wins. Everyone's happy. Yes. So now for the actual story. This is a true night of UFO terror. Because on the night 
of January 8th, 2007, a man named Chris Bledsoe and his four male companions, one of them being his son, had an unexplainable experience that we will hear about from both Rich Lane, the telescope guy, and Chris Bledsoe, the experiencer. When I interviewed Chris, he described lights in the sky at three different locations. This is the location along the Cape Fear River where five guys get together one night to do a little evening fishing. Chris leaves his friends, he walks up to this spot in the road, and this is where he has his first encounter. And there's these two orange balls, huge, and they were motionless, sitting side by side. But what alerted me, a third one came in the blink of an eye. Chris races back to tell his friends what he's seen. They all look up in the sky. Everybody sees these three lights descending rapidly. We're all looking at the sky when these three big white balls that look like stars converge and landed on the other side of the river. And they were really close. The guys dropped their fishing poles right where they're standing and they head for the truck. It is always guys fishing. And when I watched this, I had to double check that we did not talk about this. It is so similar to the Allagash abductions where it's five guys out there and they see balls in the sky. There are many other but this one is known as the Fayetteville Incident of North yes. Carolina, and there are a lot of balls involved. Even just the name, the Fayetteville Incident, it harkens back to other incidents that sound very very familiar. Like, wasn't it the Hopkinsville? Hopkinsville, sure. And that took there's so place many near, like, out there. in like Fayetteville uh, or something. Like, it, there's all these weird. It's they all sound the same. Is what I'm trying to say. And it is. It gets a little bit monotonous after a while, and you can't tell. They all do seem like the like very similar events, also, which is weird. Like, they're all like. Just guys alone, usually. Well, that's the thing, Rob. They're not just making up these stories. It's just what tends to happen. That, well, that's, that's what I mean. even more alarming, right? Or it's like, dang, it's just it, all these things are so similar. It's always remote locations at night. A bunch of guys happen to be fishing. Think about Calvin Barker, too. That was just two guys fishing. Yeah. No, I Pascagoula, Fayetteville. It's all happening in these cities yeah. that Rob loves so much. It's all so about bo when the boys go out. It's like boys' night. Oh, when the boys are out always. there, somebody's taking okay. out. Orange balls, huge. Yeah, huge. Three of them, actually. They always do which that. Big white balls. Three big white balls, yes, of course. Yeah. I can't, you know. They all looked at them, too. They got together and looked at them, which... Well, because if you don't, that means you're scared. I mean, it's corroborating the story. It's like, now we've all seen these balls. We've, we went on this journey together. It, but the journey has just started. So here we are. We got five guys alone on Cape Fear, oh, looking for a good time. And they were so rudely interrupted by two orange balls and then three white balls. But this is only the beginning for Chris Bledsoe, the main character of this. Because before we get more of the story, Rich Lane and those other MUFON guys, they feel the need to assure us that Chris Bledsoe, this guy is an upstanding member of Fayetteville society. Chris appears to be a pretty respected member of the community. He's a commercial pilot. He was a very successful builder. Had a, a good business. He's he's got a great family, raised four children, and for all intents and purposes, seems to be a pretty stand-up guy. It looked like a star from a million miles away, and then it just boom. Didn't stop, but it looked like a cushion of something caught it, and then they come down about this speed, just gently. I have to say that Chris Senior just came across so well, and his demeanor and his body language and just the, the his very simple talk uh, and he was obviously a very intelligent man but at the same time a very simple man and i just got the sense that there was an elements of truth here 
A good man, yes. Simple man, yes. They always be they're pointing out how simple this guy is. I would, I would almost be insulted if they were like. He was obviously a very intelligent man, but at the same time, a very simple man. That's all right. I know. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? Like, what do you mean, but at the same time? <laughs> yeah. What the hell? Like, he's smart, but he's kind of dumb too. Yeah. How are you just gonna come out and call someone simple? <laughs> like, you're really gonna call him a simple? He's gonna watch this. <laughs> Oh, and he has. And uh, I was saying, these these guys from MUFON, they seem much more boring and simple than Chris because I've, I've watched all of this. And I don't know, at least he has friends and he goes fishing. He's booking MUFON guys. Friends. They just take him fishing because he like probably has all the best, he has all the rods. And so well, they, they invite him because they don't want to get their own fishing rods. Have you ever gone fishing alone? It can be sad. It yeah, can it, can, it seems really peaceful because, okay, so when Jack and I go fishing, like we, some, we'll hang out like at the same spot, but then at some point we both go for like different spots, you know? And so, oh. and then we'll meet up in like, you know, 20, 30 minutes or so and be like, usually it's me uh, telling him that I caught something, but I don't know how to take them off the hook very well because I feel like I'm hurting them and I freak out. These guys, guys are, are probably gonna, doing that too. They're probably spreading out. You guys are Y'all are going to get abducted. You're, sounds like you're going to get abducted. I hope. <laughs> you never like put on a fake mustache or something. It's always guys. It's always guys yeah. fishing. You're I'll not, take my balls out. How yeah, about that? You are at UFO repellent at that point. <laughs> and uh, I'm, and these guys are, I don't know, friend repellent, the MUFON guys. Like I say, <laughs> their uniforms, they, they, they look like the biggest dorks ever. They look like security guards in dad jeans. And this is from 2008, and it was not Did a good look Did you see one then. of their shirts? Um, I can't remember which of the guys has this shirt that on the back, because he was the only one not wearing a polo version, but just a T-shirt. And on the back, it said, doing the Air Force's job since 19-something. Yeah, I can't remember. I love the it. Year. They got like an attitude. <laughs> yeah, I was like, you guys, um, I know you're all volunteers and everything, but like, so cool it. Yeah, they always have like cool little catchphrases on the backs of their, or like, and on their shirts. They just have great merch too. They're like, do you know the MUFON man? It's like, yeah, I know the MUFON, <laughs> the MUFON man. man. That's hilarious. <laughs> I actually like that. I've got, I've got, I don't MUFON have the, stuff. do you know the MUFON man? No, no, no. Man I made one. that up. I made right. that really? up, but they probably oh, they do should. have that. They, they probably, should. someone, I'm sure. I have some MUFON that. merch. I've got a pen and like a t shirt. Uh, I got sent a bunch of stuff. I think it was, uh, Chris De Moraes, I believe. Is yeah, like yeah, the, he's, he's our official uh, MUFON guy for sure. You, hey, look, we're not calling Caroline. you a dork. I'm calling these guys dorks because this, even yeah, though these was, particular guys. <laughs> this was filmed in 2008. It could have been 1987. It, the, that's what it looked like with these guys. But uh, so now, now that Chris Bledsoe, he's had this incredible uh, buff from MUFON. So let's return to the night of January 8th, 2007, and this continually unfolding UFO event. And was that the end of it? Uh, it was the end until I got home. And um, then it started again at the house. What happened at the house? That's when my dogs went nuts and I ran out to see what was bothering them. My Chesapeake took off in the woods. I ran around to cut them off, whatever it was. And that's when this entity is standing three or five feet away from me. It went on a long time. I mean, it was... It was a hectic night. It was totally something I'll never forget. It haunts me. Alien. So we the fishing and the balls, <laughs> whatever, who cares? This guy ran in the woods and saw an entity. Yeah. Look, yeah. this is 2007. <laughs> and remember, he has a very simple. Sure. What, so, what, is the, what does simplicity have to do with seeing an entity? I don't get it. And I need, I need some specifics on this entity. 
Because that could mean so many things. It, like, paint a picture for me here, very slow-talking man. Oh, he who, will. Who has apparently seen some shit. <laughs> very slow-talking man. He's just such, oh my God, this energy level. Like, someone give this man a coffee, just shake him, someone just pour <laughs> water on him, do something to just get him off liven him up. Okay. I know he's been through some shit, but like, for real, dude, get it. Come on. So look, you're gonna, you're gonna, uh, you're gonna hear the the description of this entity. I promise. Uh, but I gotta say, you know, props to Chris uh, for uh, being brave and saying this, but also f you, Chris, for bringing your dogs along on his TV filming because they his fucking Chesapeake. They don't shut up here. Oh uh, yes, this is Chesapeake. So his Chesapeake. He has to mention that. Chris gives proud. us some details <laughs> about this entity. I wasn't even thinking an entity or nothing like that. I'm just, I'm thinking some sort of animal. All these dogs are facing this way. The Chesapeake's facing this way. And her hair is standing up from the back of her head to her rear end. Who, the entity? She was just standing there. It's right on that little rise, but if I reached my hand out and leaned over, I could touch it. And he was no higher than, say, this high up on your arm. It didn't move. It didn't blink. It had red eyes, but it was glowing. I mean, look at the chill bumps. See that? <laughs> you can't fake that, guys. As far as looking at it, it was just stoic. It was It was glowing, there. but there was no nose twitching, no muscle movement, just like a statue would be looking at. It looked like if you dipped a person in glass and it molded to their body, you could see through the glass inside, that's what it looked like. Yeah, the glass man, man. This is a great encounter. This is a weird-ass alien. It's like a black glass alien with glowing eyes. It was disgusting. <laughs> I mean, it sounds kind of cool and pretty in my eyes. I was just describing it like it's made of glass. And so, I mean, think about like disco ball kind of, if it's refracting light and everything, that's kind of cool. It made me think of the xenomorph, like in Aliens, like when it's like that, just such a dark, glossy black look to it. Like, is he thinking glossy or glass? But I know I, definitely. I mean, look at the chill bones. See that? <laughs> you can't <laughs> fake that guy. Can't fake chill bones, Rob. Yeah. Try no, that. bumps. He's, the chill bones chill are bumps. one thing. Chill bumps are another. This man over here. Goose chills. He's getting himself bumped up just talking about this. <laughs> this is some scary shit. He's just thinking about he this He does entity. need to get bumped up, Rob. That's what he needs. He needs a fucking bump of cocaine to he need, I mean, wake we all himself do. up. We all could use one. <laughs> I think do. he could really use one. This actually is a very <laughs> emotional dude. We find out uh, later about that. But uh, He's a broken man. Yeah, this dude's a broken man. So now <laughs> we got to hear how the rest of this encounter played out with this man what made of glass. For a second, I was frightened. And I stood here and I said, okay. I'm a big guy. If you want me, you got me. You got me cornered. I have nowhere to go. This was an important part of this investigation for us because I think most people are going to look at what his reaction was and they're going to believe him. Were you moving around? I won't move in a bit. I was frozen and I was looking at it and it was looking at me and I was thinking real fast. If it's going to get me, it's going to get me. And I just kind of calmed down and relaxed. And I felt at peace at that moment. Where's the dog at at this point? It was coming straight to it. Came right through here. When it got to right in there, the whole thing disappeared. Oh. oh it sounded really scary until the end where it's like, what happened? It just disappeared. Fucking yeah. <laughs> thing went over there and it disappeared. And like, well, it just left. Bear dogs and hog dogs. The hog dog saved his ass again. I think the dog is why that thing's gone. Because he, he sounds like he kind of gave up. But he's just submitting. He's like, I'm a big guy. If you want me, you got me. 
Yeah, why did he say I'm a big guy? So therefore, you big have guy. me. Like for what? you, I don't know what he wanted to say. I think he meant like I, I'm a big guy. Like I'm not gonna be able to get away. I think that's what he meant. Yeah, I guess. Oh, so. <laughs> it was confusing. I don't know. I don't know. That's how I interpreted it. You guys what seem blown away. You guys seem almost as blown away as the MUFON guys because they were really blown away. And the fact that he was only a few feet away from the entity. His description, it's like this. He could have reached out and touched it. He could have reached entity, out and touched it four feet in front of him. We all know how that goes once you start reaching out and touching things. And wow. what I wound up doing is that I wound up touching all the babies. And different. No, <laughs> nobody wants you that. You don't want to yes. go around doing that. But it's, it's similar, but different, you know? Yeah, it, touching is involved. Mm. Yeah, but what's weird <laughs> to these dudes touching. is his description because... If this guy was faking it, it would just be so easy to just describe a very typical gray. So the fact that it's just kind of real out-of-the-box glass-made-of thing, uh, the move-on guys, they are sold. Well, almost. Now, remember, the initial sighting with the balls, there were those other four guys fishing with Chris that night. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. What's their yeah. story? This is all just about Chris. But MUFON, they must know. And the first fellow witness they tracked down is Chris Bledsoe's teenage son, Chris Jr., who had this to say about he and his father's night of UFO terror. And here he is recounting the balls. So all I could see was these two bright red orbs side by side. And where were they when you first saw them? Down the path there, coming down the road. And then next thing you know, I didn't see any more orbs. I just saw these little creatures come walking out the woods. We interviewed Chris Jr. to see if he could corroborate any of his father's story. But it turns out he wasn't at the riverbank. He was actually up the riverbank having his own encounter. Try to describe more. Creature feature. I mean, it was really dark. It just looked like little creatures, little skinny. I mean, I could see the, I guess their body, but not like uh, what they were wearing. Junior was a little bit different. If there could be one word I could use to describe Chris Jr., that would be this overwhelming sense of angst. Whoa, an angsty teenager? I don't know why they, they feel like I had to say that. It's like, is he like a problem child or something? Because he, he seemed cool in this, but he's an overwhelming sense of angst. It didn't mm. seem very angsty to me. Yeah, he seemed like he was just like, like his dad. Very similar to his dad. F similar vibes, kind of just like chill and like, like pretty sort of low scared. energy, like all right. yeah, low energy guy. But like he gave the MUFON guys a little bit of toot, and they're like, "This is the angstiest kid oh ever." He's so cool. <laughs> He's so cool. He felt like such dorks are a t actual teenager who was like, "I personally probably was cool." They're like, "Oh, this guy's pretty angsty." He fucking made fun of me. He let he let them hang in like after a fist bump. He's like, "No, I'm not going to do that." Well, he suck. He he describes creatures also, which is I think an interesting way to yeah. describe. Aliens is by calling them creatures. That's a little bit derogatory, but how is um, that derogatory? It was created. Creatures. That's what a creature is. We're all creatures. Mm, I don't know. I don't think they. <laughs> he like thinks it. they're creatures. They could be aliens, like his dad. Seeing he's seeing little humanoids running around. He does, but he's like he said, he doesn't really see them that well. But he saw something. He saw something running around. But these MUFON guys, they have some theories about Chris Junior claims. He seemed to be having some troubles, uh, a lot of internal battles. Was the moon up? Was there? Yeah, there was a moon, plenty of stars. We weren't sure whether this really happened to him or he was making some of this up to try to corroborate his dad's story. So we think it's really important for us to bring in these other three witnesses who were there and find out what they saw. 
And like, they want to move on from Chris Jr. as quickly as possible. They're like, all right, we, we think the kid's full of shit, but we don't want to make him feel bad. Uh, he's already overwhelmingly angsty. Uh, let's, just, let's just find the other guys. It's like, was there like a moon? He's like, yeah, duh, there's a moon, of course. There's like stars. <laughs> I'm so like, these sort of like hoaxer situations where like it's a possible hoaxer, you know, they're kind of like ac- maybe accusing this the son of maybe like, just creating this backup story to kind of corroborate with his dad's story. It just makes me wonder, like, first off, why would you come up with this sort of story as a hoax? Like, the guy doesn't seem like he's really, like, getting anything out of this, like, emotionally. Or, like, it's not like, he's just, like, doesn't even really seem like he wants to do this and not putting a ton out there. All he's and getting the son out of it also, is They don't seem like they're hungry to get on TV. Like, they're not, they don't seem like those sort of people. To me? No, I don't think it started like that. I think what happened was after the incident happened that um, dude, Chris Bledsoe reached out and sent them an email and um, it's almost all like a one thing led to another and next thing he knew, the MUFON investigator he's working with is bringing, you know, starting doing this, quote unquote, I mean, doc- documentary. It was a short film series. Yeah, but I guess you call it a documentary. And uh, so they're kind of done with Chris Jr. and they got to track down the other three witnesses from that night. And... Uh, they had mentioned that finding these men was difficult, which I found surprising because they all look like they have never left the greater Fayetteville ever, area ever. But, but whatever. This next clip, we're going to hear from these mysterious guys. You can see what, I, what looked like bright stars. You know, they were scattered one, you know, across the tree line. And I could just, you could just see them descending slowly. And it just like... Dropping, like I said, you know, it looked like a piece of a hot steel or something, you know. They were uh, oranges, and then you could see <laughs> separate other colors. It was orange and maybe yellow. I remember being one on the left, uh, right, one in the middle, and one toward the left. From that tree to this tree, they, they were right there. You could see them just perfect right there. That's what. That's when it freaked me out. Now I saw, hey guys, look, y'all see them? Y'all see these? I got some paranoid to open my pocket knife. And that's when the panic set in, you know. There wasn't nothing normal about it. What if uh, if someone was to say, look, all you guys saw was some flares? I, the, I'd call them a lie. You've, have you seen flares yeah, before? Yeah, yeah, Any way they could have been flares, just military nah. flares? Nah. Have, have you seen flares? I, 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 I we stood there for five or ten minutes looking at them. Right. Ain't no flare going to sit up there that long. Right. I know flares. I know flares. God damn it. So apologies, but that was uh, Gene Robinson, who I has noted as dirty guy, uh, a man named Danny <laughs> Ackerman, who was a witness who looks a lot like Danny McBride, uh, a man named David McDonald, uh, another witness. It is impossible to tell them apart in this audio format, but trust me, that was three different guys. <laughs> it sounded. I heard two different guys. It's definitely three. Yeah, yeah, I had to rewatch that section a few times just to get everyone's story straight and who was who. That whole they thing is a just a supercut of all these southern southern men, very southern men. Oh, he had a great their, line. <laughs> they're all holding their hands up like they're describing how big a fish is that they're that yes. they caught. <laughs> and just all every single one of them just doing doing this with their hands going, it was like this, it looked like it looked like that. There was a ball here. And they got startled. And it's so long. Dude, this one forever. guy said this. I love it. I got some paranoia to open my pocket knife. Yeah, he opened his pocket knife. <laughs> that UFO, I'm going to stab so that fuck? thing. He's going to stab the UFO? Yes. That's so sick. <laughs> he was ready. Yeah, dude. Yeah, try to fuck with this dude if you're come, like one of those little creatures, those little entities comes Don't down. Don't bring a knife to a UFO dude fight. fucking pulls out his butterfly knife. He's going to fucking fillet you. Yeah, you can... Uh, <laughs> 
just judging from this, you can tell why they focus on Chris Bledsoe. He is somehow the best spoken of this group and the least angsty. And But my favorite of the three is this guy, Gene Robinson, the dirty guy. He's definitely one of the dirtiest people I've seen actually been put on television. But beyond the filth, <laughs> I do like how he said the pocket knife thing. And uh, I, he's just one of my favorite new ones. So. I got some paranoid out my pocket knife. <laughs> he got so paranoid. I love that he's not, he's not scared. He, this man, he's a man. He doesn't get scared. He was paranoid. Like, this sounds like it must UFO. happen a he lot had a, to him. He opened his pocket knife, too. He opened <laughs> that fucking thing. Well, you happen. know what happens yeah. when he opens it. You know, you got to use it at that point, right? Oh, you know you're getting fucking stabbed. Something's yeah, getting is, stabbed for it's This does not usually work out good for the guys at the bar when this thing comes down. So this UFO is not going to be happy when it sees this. <laughs> nope, dude. nope. I think that's why that thing probably disappeared. But So Mufon <laughs> yeah, comes to the conclusion that these three guys' story, they all line up. You heard them. They're all saying the same thing. There are not a lot of discrepancies, uh, which they prove here by playing them all talking about what this sighting sounded like. There wasn't no sound. I mean, it was dead, dead still that night. No sound whatsoever. Did you hear any other noise, normal noises, birds, Nothing. animals? It was quiet. It was quiet. It was just, you could have heard a rat piss on a piece of cotton. That's how quiet it was. <laughs> <laughs> okay, again, that was the MDP, the most dirty player, Gene Robinson, with <laughs> a colloquialism I have never heard before. I'm surprised that made it to the show. You can't say that, can you? Why can't you say piss? You could have heard a rat piss on a piece of cotton. That's how quiet it was. A rat piss, though? <laughs> rat piss? You can say rat piss? All right. Oh, does that make it a slur or something? I've just never heard that before. Look, I'm not for speech censorship at all, so yeah, of course they I'm not censoring it. It's just a, it, I just an image I never wanted to have. I've never heard that. Never. Is it, would this be a colloquialism? Yes. Colloquialism? I don't even know how to say that word. Unless I don't he even... made it up like just then. <laughs> if he did, he is a, fu oh my god, he is he's a, he's an OG. I've heard he similar, I've had similar colloquialisms where it's like, yeah, it's so quiet. You could hear a something piss on something. But I've never heard that combination of a rat pissing on a piece of cotton. This is quieter than a rat pissing it's, on are a Are rats notoriously quiet pissers or something? Like, what is the... Uh, we know, well, I know cotton cotton's part. off. Could it be anything pissing on cotton? We'll never know. Sure, like I a mean, cricket. You could have heard a rat piss on a piece of cotton. That's how quiet it was. I don't imagine rats being very loud at peeing, so I think no. he's accurate. I believe... You uh, know what? I'm, I'm surprised him. how loud cats pee. Like, wow. Holy crap. Like... I mean, I, yeah, there was this one time, like, I just, like, hear the sound. I'm like, what the fuck is that? And it's Bink, like, pissing his fucking brains out in the pissing. litter box. Like, mad hard. Like a, like a little fucking fire hose coming out of that little Get some yeah, cotton like, or something. literally hear the stream. I, think, we, I need some cotton I in that the cotton box. is the key to solving <laughs> you should the, get a the rat, issue. Honestly, is what you should do. You should oh, I know, because the pissing sound just wakes me up so much. I need it to be quieter. Mm-hmm. Uh. This guy, not only not only derailing this show, he derailed me watching this. I was so distracted when he said that. But let's get back to it. So MUFON, they're crack investigators. They aren't messing around. And throughout their thorough drilling of Chris Bledsoe Sr., they come to the conclusion that there are some gaps in his story about the night being out there with the alien. As far as timeline goes, which can only mean one thing. When he saw that man that was made of glass... He experienced missing time. Donnie went up the hill to get Chris so he didn't have to walk back or whatever. Went around there, hey, hey, you know, where you at? All of them said they drove up. And I know they left because they said they did and the truck was moved. At some point, those guys said that they came up the road and went up there, turned around, and went back. 
you're standing here the whole time. That's right. How could they get past you without you seeing them and them not seeing you? There's no way. Did anybody tell you how much time had passed? Three or four hours. They thought you were gone for three or four hours. Yes, sir. In a case like this where there's time missing, he tells me he can't remember. He tries to remember, he thinks about it, he gets these severe smashing headaches, and he can't remember what happened up there. So at the time, you didn't think it was strange that when you got here, it was just getting dark, and when you got back, it was very dark. That didn't strike you as strange or odd? I have a missing spot in my brain, and I've told Richard this time and again. I, I have a wall. I want to know what happened there. I'm lost for time at that point. He has a missing spot in his brain? <laughs> it's like a donut. <laughs> Poor guy. I have a missing spot in my brain. This is such a leading conversation, like leading up to this. It's, it's yeah, I do like the missing spot of his brain. That's great. But they're like, well, didn't you think it was kind of weird? It was kind of dark. And it was like, we're like super dark later, though. Like when you, yeah, the, uh, after time passed for a little bit and you were, I don't know, like, fucking like, off no. in the woods. No, I didn't notice <laughs> Not that. really. Yeah. Not really at all, though. It's like usually it goes from kind of dark to dark. Pitch black. Like afterwards, it's kind of expected, honestly. Anytime <laughs> someone brings something like this up to me, I just say, I have a missing spot in my brain. <laughs> I'll just say that anytime. I don't want to remember anything. Oh, man, he might, I don't know. I don't think he does. I'm pretty sure he means his memory. That's what he's talking about. He's got missing memory. Missing, there's a time it's a physical that he can't spot remember. where oh, you no, keep it's things. Like, no, it's, it's a tumor gone. in his brain that's missing just a spot in his brain. That alien <laughs> took a little piece. Yeah. Mm, this, I don't know, man. I. <laughs> It, we don't it sounds know. Sounds like yeah. maybe he does have missing time. Like possibly, maybe he got abducted by Glassman. Like, look, that's what that's what he's saying. We're move on. We do like four things. We we <laughs> we look in the sky. We also, uh, you know, we do what we're gonna do now because, of course, missing time it just leads to the most trusted and accurate method of memory retrieval that move on loves: hypnotic regression. Hey, this is when the hey, hold it. You just hold it right there. <laughs> Sorry, sorry, sorry. I had, it's fine. Uh, fire in the sky, ready yes, to go. <laughs> because this is when the Leo sprinkles of the world, they come out to shine. And in the case of Chris Bledsoe, the hypnotic regression is administered by Dr. Michael O'Connell, who is a psychologist and a big boy. And here is a part of this session. Where are we going? <laughs> I tried to hide. I couldn't. Looking at me, there's four of them. They're so tall, skinny. How tall are they? Real <laughs> tall. Seven foot or better. They're not human. Okay, Michael, go ahead, push it to the limit. Are they telling you why you were chosen? Uh-huh. What reason was that? <laughs> They're my guardians. Looking after you? Uh-huh. Your well-being? Uh-huh. Every time I get sad, they're here. I know I've been sad. Is that why you come? Are they the same ones that you saw in your backyard later? That's their children. Their children? Uh-huh. They let them out to play. In your backyard? This is just your routine, everyday stuff here, right? <laughs> Oh, man. Uh -oh. Yeah, Rich Hall is loving this. So so as you can see now, he says he's being abducted by seven-foot-tall, real-tall aliens, and they're his guardians, <laughs> and the little aliens are the kids in the backyard, and they play in his backyard, and hey, maybe that's what his son saw, one of the aliens' kids running around his yards. That makes sense. 
The way they set that up, the, like it felt like one of those jokes. It's like, your alien's so tall. You know how tall your alien is? <laughs> how tall is he? Your alien's so tall. He's the first one to know it's raining. It hit right. her head on the moon or some shit like that. <laughs> first know. one to know it's raining. That's good. <laughs> That's what it sounded like. It felt like one of those setups, but I know it wasn't. Um, <laughs> I, look, I gotta say, I would hate to have a regression filmed like this. I'm like, I know he embarrassing, he, he, right? Because instead he's like, "Well, they come to me when I'm sad, and I'm getting sad now doing this." And I can't hide. Oh. It's like, like you become like a kid again. Yeah, it's embarrassing. I would hate to ever have to like. I'd just be like, "Trust me." Way too vulnerable. Yeah, like, they're looking at shit me. Recorded. Is that oh. put it on TV? Like, they're all going to laugh at you. They're looking at me. Especially if people don't believe in hypnosis and they go, this guy's just acting like a baby. Like, because this guy, you know. I mean, they're something. looking at him. They're scary, dude. Little little guys looking at you and you're, you're fucking over there frozen. You can't do anything. Yeah, the like, MUFON guy, though. The MUFON guy. They're looking at me. He loves it. He is watching. You heard him. He's like, come on, push it to the limit. Like, tell him the doctor. Yeah, I don't think you're supposed to do that in hypnosis. You're not supposed to go to the doctor. All right, really push it now. Go. <laughs> we can't push it any further. He's already at the max limit. Push it. Oh, oh those are the children. <laughs> those are just the children. And you heard him at the end. Like, he's like, this is, just your, this is just your everyday stuff because he's just so blown away by this. This guy, Rich Lane, he is very excited towards the end of the hypnosis session. And uh, he lets Chris know how happy he is with the results. Have they been inside your home? Yeah. We've definitely gone through the looking glass today, guys. I've seen the tapes before, but this is one of the best ones I've ever seen. All the way up, you can feel it in your butt, in your back. What? So what do you think? Oh. Was that abducted? A lot of similarities. You're, unfortunately, you're not unique in this world. <laughs> Everything we were trying to figure out, you pretty much told us. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah, you did real good. Wow. You did good. You're I'll a good boy. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll show it to you. What we're watching here with Chris <laughs> is very consistent with the typical abduction scenario. And wow, he just can't wait to show it to him. You heard it there. This is one of like, the creepiest parts I've ever seen because this guy, Rich Hall, who looks a lot like Kenny Rogers with just a mustache, he's like right up on him, <laughs> hug, like, put his arm on him. He's like, oh, oh, wait. Yeah, he did say he totally said butt. I'll, I'll, I'll show it to you. <sighs> oh, 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 and of course, yes, I'm not going to ignore All the way up, you can feel it in your butt. <laughs> wow. All I mean, the way look, up? I had. I had the captions on when I was watching this, and they even they wrote it in the captions. <laughs> I bet you the captions are probably but great looking. They're probably hilarious. Oh yeah, it's all about know, rat I really piss wish and I'd butts and stuff. <laughs> Why did he say that? Why did he say it like that? All the way up, you can feel it in your butt. Definitely what? a Freudian slip. It's a part of slip. hypnosis. This is how you hypnotize people. It involves the butt. Doing there. You hypnotize them into slipping things in their butt. Is it about the probe? I think that's what he's talking about. He's like, do you feel it in your butt? The probe? Do you feel? He's like, oh, I mean, your back. You had back problems, right? Um, he's like, what probe? And he's like, good. I'll show. I'll 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 show it to you. He's like, you like that? You're a good boy. You know that? All right. Who's getting a milk bone after dinner? So I know, Dre, you've got more from after hypnosis session. Please, please guide me through this. Yeah, so, I mean, it's a good thing that he's so pleased about all this because second half of the show, it gets a little, you know, bleak, I guess. In the second half of the show, we get to hear from the Mrs. Bledsoe, the Mrs., uh, her name's Yvonne, and about how all of this has affected her because I think it, it behooves the whole audience to kind of get an extra glimpse into the people in his life, you know? 
to kind of get mm. a sense of, you know, who he is in relation to how people view all of this behooves, going on. So it behooves the audience. It behooves the audience. Yeah, that behooves me. Behoove. Yeah, I feel right. behooved as fuck right now. I don't know about oh, you. Yeah, I like it. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, let's let's hear what what she has to say about this. It's not all about you, Chris. It changed everybody in our house. For the first time in our life, we were not open. We avoided the dinner table together. I've been ashamed to share anything with anybody, and I have neglected some family members, avoided them intentionally. It's, it's been emotional. It's been stressful. It's been horrifying. In fact, can I tell you this? Our marriage and our family was on the verge of splitting up over this thing. So it's been tough, but um, it's not a train wreck yet. <laughs> the dramatic changes in their behavior and the stressors that it caused in their family life is a major confirmation that something went on. Mm. Yeah. I think, because um, I mean, why would they lie about something like that, right? Yvonne seems so um, genuine in this, and you could tell, like, that they are being very sincere. Like, something mm -hmm. did and is happening to this guy, and I don't, I don't know how well it's conveyed through something like hypnotic regression or through the other guys he's fishing with. But you can tell <laughs> within him and the family and the, and the people closest to this that there is something to this. Yeah, I mean, I think he's just being selfish to not just, you know, bury the trauma deep down inside like everybody does. I mean, look at the consequences. They avoided the dinner table together. We avoided the dinner table together. That's that's sad. <laughs> so that's but they did No, they did it together, and they just avoided the dinner they table. They all looked at it at once with their plate, and yeah. they each went they're to like, their room. Said, it no does feel like, table. is this just like all beating around the bush saying that their sex life is like really fucked up? Is that like what the like dinner, <sighs> no. table, dinner table That's what dinner is, table is table like an analogy <laughs> for something else. I feel like it is a little bit like <laughs> if like this whole enough. their whole relationship is, is in shambles because of this. And I think uh, it's obvious that that would also be affected. Yeah. Like, everything that's, would be. Oh, of course. I mean, that's something that affects really relationships out like without ufo and and creatures features and everything i just felt like the dinner table thing was an analogy yeah yeah she's like the silverware is not as shiny as it used to be <laughs> they could but, be helped with a little all the way up you can feel it in your butt <laughs> maybe, maybe that's what they needed <laughs> right? oh that guy needs to relax he does, he does. Out of his <laughs> he, little roll. he keeps on leaning in closer to him as he's like i'll, I'll, he's I'll show it to you way too close way <laughs> too close <laughs> way too happy i'll i'll uh -huh. I'll show it to you. <laughs> the nervous laughing of the, of the other guy who just got hypnotized and just spilled his guts. Is, for is he a still gonna hour. have hypnotized? Let me get in there real close. Uh, yeah, you're my best okay. friend. Are you still uh -huh. hypnotized? You have to do what I say. You got a real pretty uh -huh. mouth. Like, bro, what is going on in that room? So, like, <laughs> so move on. Charge? Move on hard at work. Move on's in the room. What? Oh, God. <laughs> Well, in all honesty, though, like he has been through a lot and we do learn that he actually has kept a lot of stress to himself in the past. And we hear about that in an interview with a psychiatrist that the MUFON guys set up in order to get like an appraisal of his mental health to kind of see how with it or not with it he is. Like what you'd think they could have started off with. But, yeah, right. you know, it, it, we'll, we'll get a glimpse, I guess, that is his credibility, I, I guess, in this interview. So, has there ever been a period of time when um, you felt deeply depressed? 2001, during election times, I lost two million cash dollars. Whoa! Because I had 27 houses that set on the market a year and a half. Oof. It caused a lot of depression, but I never told my family. 
the stress that mm. I was under because mm -hmm. I was sheltered then. And and you always have a sense of who you are. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, so you don't lose you don't lose no. touch with that. There's nothing uh, to indicate that in my conversation today with Chris that he's experiencing any break with reality. And, and certainly was not indicated in the um, skid interview that, that Chris Sr. is psychotic. Whoa. So, yeah, that was a, that was psychiatric social worker Debbie Gioia. And that was that was a bombshell when he's like, yeah, you know, 2001 election year. This was this dude's 9-11. This guy had his own 9-11 in 2001. He lost tw he had 25 homes and lost two Yo, million dollars. I wouldn't compare losing money to losing lives. Oh. I would say it's more like his 2008 before 2008 happened when people like lost their entire pension and everything. So he's like a real estate guy. Is that like yeah? What it he's is? A, he is a, a successful like real well, formally successful yeah. like his real estate <laughs> At guy. At times successful. He held <laughs> like on my... a little too long. He held on a little too long to a little too much and lost. I guess lost his ass bad. You can't and put all your eggs in one basket. Didn't, Chris Bledsoe didn't tell anyone about it. Kind of kept it in, and it does. And then she meant, well, no, I don't think he's having a psychotic break from having this like crippling debt happen to him in, a, in such a like short period <laughs> of time. But yeah, it's like let's sell like one house. Let's right. do that. Maybe Let's a, not maybe try like to sell twenty seven. Twenty seven's a lot, guys. Let's try to sell like two or maybe yeah. three, and like let's start <laughs> there. A couple at a time, like chill. You gotta <laughs> yeah. chill. Uh, but yeah, I mean, as far as what she had to say, you know, he sounds pretty incredible to the professionals. Like maybe a little bit out there, but I didn't think about this until later, like what, much later on. What about this? So we, we're like over here talking about why would people make this up? What motive could there possibly be? For any of this, um, money trouble, maybe. I mean, a lot of people. Mm. Well, I mean, it's 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 been a path for a, a, a certain a people, yes. That, but it doesn't. It seems it like other paths money. are easier. There's no it's, money in UFOs, though. There, I mean, there might be eventually. Look at, mm. I mean, look at. Um, not, it's tough, though. Mm. It's really hard, you know. Yeah, there's not really a lot of examples. Even guess, for like the like really established <laughs> UFOologists, it's hard for them to like make careers out of you talking about UFOs. True, like, but there's that circuit you know? where you're uh, like, think of your Warren, David Wilcoxes, yeah. think of your, uh, you know, Travis Walton. I don't, you know, there's there are people out there, experiencers, or Stephen Greer's, who cultivated perks, they, cultivated right? into a little more. Oh, there's, you, you there there's like. There's a handful of, of guys it out there. It takes a personality, though. It's not the guy, yeah, who's... Uh, it takes, like, a whole thing for you to stand out. spot in my brain. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, what if, he, what if he wanted to, like, put his story out there to, like, up the sympathy, and then uh, he and or his wife, Yvonne, put up, like, a GoFundMe or some shit, and people were like, oh, yeah, those were the very uh, genuine poor people who lost 25, 27 homes, 200 million cash dollars. Yeah, that the worst would kind of dollars to lose. That would reek of bullshit, you know? Yeah, I mean, people fall for that shit. Yeah, I know. It's hard to gauge from this, though, because MUFON wants to be taken seriously. Like, they do want to, I'm assuming they want to see, seem serious, but they also seem very leading and wanting to go down a certain path and, and almost like bending a story. Like, boy, you were really out that late, though. I mean, that's kind of late, guy. Yeah. Like, you sure you... You're not well, that's missing why a you know, he was time. missing time because he was like, I don't know what to think about him at this point. Like I, at this point while I was watching it, I was just like, I, I want to believe him. I really, really do. And they're doing NASA's job since 1963. You know? Yeah, <laughs> the Air Forces, but yeah. Dre, I like that you mentioned that they did the psychological test after they've already done other tests. They've done, like, mm -hmm. gone through a few steps. Already. They do everything backwards in this. Yeah, because next they do a polygraph. Yes, they next up 
is they do a polygraph last. It's like, well, we might as well save the one that people might either just stay on board or jump off. Let's just save that for last. And yeah, let's hear about that. As far as polygraph is concerned, you know, you're either telling the truth or you're not telling the truth. A lie is a lie is a lie, I suppose. That's it. Polygraph is really only as good as the operator's interpretation. We were lucky to get Bob Durdak. He's retired from the FBI. Rob Durdak. He was in charge of the North Carolina <laughs> Bureau's polygraph unit, and he's very respected in his field. I tell him it's a pure of heart test. If you feel good in your heart, you're being honest, you're going to do fine. If you don't, your body shows it, and you don't do so good. Burning hell. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I mean, I like the way he describes it, though. It's a pure of heart test. Like, you don't, in a way, they're kind of giving away a little bit of, um, like, there's some people who are, I'm not saying he is, but there's some people who are, like, psychopaths or sociopaths where they know how to regulate and they can lie very well because there's no consequence to them. They don't mm. care, and so they can evade those things. But don't you, like, put a tack but in your shoe guy. or something? Isn't that how you trick it? Like, every time you answer a question, you put a tack in your shoe? <laughs> I just watched, uh, yeah, there was like Ocean's 11, 12, and 13 on TV, and I just saw that scene. I heard oh, yeah, Rusty like, Ryan's in that, of course. Mm -hmm. It's a great movie. Yeah. <laughs> a lie is a lie is a lie, I suppose. That's it. I heard that you like tighten your sphincter when, like during the test or but, something like that. I mean, I like do that, that constantly. So. All the way up, you can feel it in your butt. <laughs> that how you do <laughs> That's what I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like you, they, somehow it's connected. Uh, I don't know how. I don't no, know. They're what. very connected. Your your heart is connected to your butt, like, you know, not directly, but That's, for sure. That would be a great song. Your heart's connected to your butt. <laughs> <laughs> or yeah, just I agree. Like, I don't know. It sounds like a I don't know. It's it's nice. There's something about that. Um but yeah, Rob Rob Durdick from Ridiculousness. Bob is great Durdick. at reading. This is Rob uh, Durdick's that Bob Durdick, yes. This is Bob Durdick. Yeah. Fly <laughs> yeah. Detector Master. Not to yeah. be confused. Um so yeah, I mean he's since he's like the kind of polygraph master at this, right? He was like the head of the polygraph fucking department in North Carolina and the FBI and all of that. Um, I'm, what do you guys think is going to be the results? I'm kind of putting that out more to the audience because we know, we've all watched it, but I didn't watch kind of the suspense. end. I like purposely this point, didn't I was, watch the end. Oh, really? I'm so glad yeah. you didn't. That's oh, cool. great. Well, okay. you believe, so, I mean, <laughs> he's, awesome. he's gotten so far. He's Everything's going great. So what do you think, Rob? I don't know. I'm judging it merely on this man's personality and like what he's been, the way that he's told the story. I think, like, I basically you're asking me, is he good of heart or is he pure of heart? Whatever the, however the fuck that guy's phrase. <laughs> uh, if you want me, you got me. I I know you are. I I believe you are. <laughs> I know you've got a hole missing in your brain. I know you got. Yeah, you got I a little a missing spot in my brain. I know you do. I know, but I still like you, and you're still my friend, and I don't judge you because of it. I think that he is not going to lie. The truth. Let's He's a truth teller. Okay. He's a truther. Let's hear. If you just took the numerical score, he would have been inconclusive on that. The one he had deceptive response to was the entity, seeing the entity. You know, he, he kept saying, I'm not sure myself when I think about it, if I really saw it or not, but I know I did. What? <laughs> he didn't come right out and tell us everything was a lie, but basically the part about the entity reflected negatively in the polygraph. I ended up doing two series. So what? even though I may feel disappointed, in the back of my mind, I'm saying reserve judgment. Reserve judgment. So you, you have to weigh all that evidence, and it really comes down to who do you believe? Oh. Wow. So. A lie is a lie is a lie, I suppose. That's it. <laughs> wow. But you need to, it's funny though, Rob, that you said specifically, like, I'm not going to, you know, 
I don't judge you for it, you know, blah, 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 because they want to reserve judgment too. Oh, yeah, they're judging. They're judges. Yeah, cover up the goddamn liar. <laughs> well, that was a weird double clip we just pulled there. off there. Yeah. But they are kind of instantly, I don't know. That It was a little upsetting to find out that he might be lying about seeing he, the entity. He like waffled at some points. They didn't outright say, like he said, they didn't say like, oh, it was a definite no. It's just like, that's where it went. I mean, for the official FBI guy to say inconclusive, mm. that means there's still a glimmer of hope, right? We need a reserve judgment. I don't like though, the way that he said like, now, come to think of it, I don't know if I actually saw the entity. Like, I don't like that. Like, I'm not that sure, makes but it sound I know like I you're did. lying. Yeah, the, the way he keeps waffling back and forth, right? Well, he's yeah. already been coaxed a lot at this point anyway. And the, the fact that, that maybe this is why they did that last. But I'm saying reserve judgment. Reserve judgment. I'm trying to, man. <laughs> I know you're you're a good guy. You have a hole in your brain and you I'm reserve judgment. I know. Yeah. I'm here with you, dude. I'm and I think you're being as understanding as any one of us would all be as any of these MUFON guys are. And, well, I mean, it's a delicate topic to broach, right? To, to talk to him about it. But mm. I guess he, all here's how they go about handling it. If you just took the numerical score, he would... I think we're all a little disappointed. Honestly, the, the relationship I've developed with Chris... Um. I really felt like I owed it to him to sit down and talk to him about it. It was an uncomfortable time because I was basically going to hit him right between the eyes with it and see what he says. The question about the entity is where the, the concern came in. Okay. And basically the result on as far as the entity was concerned was, was negative. Okay. Now I'm trying to help you figure this Just all out. Cop. I know my mind. Remember me telling you there's like two parts of me. There's an inner part that says this was there. And there's an outer part that says, oh, maybe, maybe not. But I know what I saw. It never leaves my mind. And it was there. I'd stake my life on it. Well, I know what I saw. There is no doubt in my mind what I saw. Whatever this machine says, I don't know. Um, and don't care. But I know what I saw. Hey, Bill Clinton. All right, hell yeah, yeah no, <laughs> hell yeah, Chris Bledsoe. I like that, but I, yeah, Rich, this was like a sad part. This is, of course, the rich guy is the same guy. Uh, uh -huh. You did good. I'll show, I'll, I'll, uh -huh. I'll show it to you. The Rich Hall guy, <laughs> yeah, this is the same guy. He's be become Chris Bledsoe's buddy in this. He was the original investigator. I think, I think he's the one who, uh, who who started all this with him, and he, he's the one who has to break the news there at the end. So sad, like ah. Uh. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm frustrated just hearing this, you know, secondhand, thirdhand. That it's not even necessarily that he's not sure what he saw. He's 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 waffling on whether or not he's sure about it, and that's what's driving me crazy. He's like, well, part of me is like maybe, maybe not, and um, I'm not really sure, but I would stake my life on it, and there is no doubt in my mind. Yeah, those are what? two different, like, you can't have those two different feelings at the same time. They're different things. Right? One is one is completely convict, convicted, uh, convinced, and, and sure. And, yeah, the other side of him is just like, but I'm not sure. It's almost like grounded in reality and believing the fantastic are both happening for this guy. He's like, I think this happened to me. I don't want to believe it actually happened. And I've got people pushing me in different directions. Something happened, yeah. and I'm getting 
pushed here and there, and now I'm taking a fucking polygraph test, and I don't know what the hell's going on. I'm being hypnotized all in like well, a weekend. Like, like this is a simple guy, and he has right? to go through this whole gauntlet. He is a simple Mufon. guy. I forgot. He is a simple man. He's with a whole mess. This is like Mufon Double Dare. He has to go through to fucking if, see if he's lying or not. So I don't blame him for any of that. But uh, I, I don't. Rich Hall was like, he was ready. He's like, I'm gonna hit him right between the eyes with it and see what he says. Yeah, he's going to Johnny Lawman, Fuck going yeah. in there. Got to do it, but I'm, ultimately, I mean, I'm glad to hear Chris say that he doesn't care what the mean machine says, but it's it's how he says it that really convinces me that he doesn't care what the machine says. Whatever this machine says, I don't know, um, and don't care. And I don't give a two rats pisses on a piece know. of cotton. Whatever <laughs> you results you get from this either. I don't know what that machine is, and I'm going to talk. Slower. I don't know what this doohickey says about me, but it can go <laughs> fuck itself this as far as I'm concerned. I didn't see this contraption out there with me. Yes, we can keep tagging this. This is great. Up but, my uh, butt. but yeah, so ultimately, I still feel like wanting to believe him. I feel like the MUFON guys still feel like they they really want to believe him too. And look, like I said, that test, it, it, it said inconclusive. It didn't say straight mm. out he's a liar or anything. So, um, well, I mean, they, they tie up the, the loose ends, if there are any at this point. They, they wrap it up pretty nice and neat right here. I, th I think this case shows that we're dealing with a real phenomena here. And it's important for folks to know this is not science fiction. This is science fact. <laughs> it's worse if you're quiet about it. And one day, one day, uh, everybody will know the truth. One day. One day. Whoa. Yeah, and they, and scene. they do end it in, I guess, the best possible way they could. Kind of optimistic. And he's like, I know what I saw! He's <laughs> like, but do I know what I saw? This is I'm not, not sure, but I am sure. This is science fact. I don't know why they had to randomly put that in there. I don't know what he was referring to as far as I that love goes. It. Just the, I guess that, like, all oh, right, UFOs are real. Like, yeah, we know that. All oh, we time. remember that from the beginning. They told us a few times. Yeah, a million different ways. So. <laughs> we come out the same way we were. And normally, we would end here with this, you know, the fantastic story, the very clippable witnesses, the failed lie detector. But there is more to this story that MUFON did not include because Chris Bledsoe, he is still out there and continuing having experiences following the taping of this documentary. The Bledsoe family, after this came out, they became the subject of ridicule and mockery, and they went into a very negative period. Now, this came out in about 2008, pretty shortly after the event. And there was a period of five years that they referred to from 2007 to 2012 as the five years of darkness. <laughs> Whoa, like Lord of the Rings or something. Yes. That's wild. I mean, they got up pretty light with five years, if you ask me. I mm. learned about this and much more from a very recent interview that Chris Bledsoe did on his son's podcast called <laughs> Bledsoe Said So. So shut up. His son what a great Ryan. Name. His son, it. it's a great name. It's perfect. And his son, Ryan Bledsoe. So this is a show where we got host Ryan Bledsoe and his co-host slash best friend, and they talk about the strange experiences uh, the Bledsoes have had in their backyard. No kidding. Plus other stuff. And on episode 83, from just a week and a half ago, Chris Bledsoe, the dad, appeared for the first time to not only talk about his experiences, but to promote 
all his brand new book called UFO of God. He has hmm. finally written a book. It has just come out. And let's hear the beginning of that interview. Welcome to Bledsoe Setso, the meta project about the experiences of the Bledsoe family. I'm very excited because we have intentionally put this off as long as possible until the right moment, which is now to have my dad on Bledsoe Said So. Woo! Very excited to have you in the studio. So pumped. And um, honestly, let's get into it. How are you feeling? I feel pretty good. Glad to be here. Let, let's just get started. So for, for those who may be tuning in and are unaware, let, let's talk a little bit about the river. As, as much or as little as you're willing to go into it. Um, uh, you mean from 2007? Yep, from 2007. Like, I mean, I don't have to tell the story. Oh, okay. no, no, yeah, you, you don't have to, not at all. We're, 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 okay, well, how about, how about this? Okay. Not exactly shot out of a cannon is his dad, Chris <laughs> Bledsoe. He does, he's like, hey, so we're going to talk about the river. He's like, no, nah, we're not talking about the river, you know, the main thing that people care about. So, Rob, as an audio guy, that noise gate is out of control, right? I, it's, I mean, it's tough to make a podcast sound good. It's it's not easy. There's a reason why people get paid to do it. So yeah. I understand it, it's not easy. And sometimes when you're learning and you start a new podcast. I wouldn't say they're learning. Lot. They're on episode 83 and they've got like over 4,000 okay. subscribers. Right. Right. So it's a video. They're working it out. They're, they're working it out. They're, they're doing actually pretty well. I'll say that. But um, so... We don't, I don't. I didn't have a time to, and we don't either, to hear a bunch of clips from Bledsoe said so. And maybe we'll save that for some other time. So I'm just going to talk about some of the bombshells that his dad, Chris Bledsoe, dropped here. And so I mentioned those five years of darkness that the family went through after this. Uh, that darkness ended on Easter of 2012 when Chris Bledsoe was visited by an entity, a beautiful, angelic woman mm. who in a way, ended his the sadness he had that surrounded his experiences and prompted him to change his entire demeanor. And, it, and at in 2012, an angel, angel woman visits him, and now <laughs> he's decided that he's going to get back out there. He's going to start sharing his story again, speaking at conferences, meeting with experts in the field, becoming one of those guys on the UFO circuit. Wait. He fucked an alien. No, 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 no. Nobody no, said no. a beautiful, a beautiful woman <laughs> she just visited him. Was just being beautiful. It sounded like there was. It sounded like we were going down the David Huggins route. Maybe my mind just filled in some your, blanks your there. Your mind saw. That's what I said. I didn't have time automatically to like, get too her. deep into his thing. But <laughs> well, it sounded like it changed his life. <laughs> this did change his life. It did change his life. He is out there again, and now he's he is in contact with high level NASA individuals and CIA folks, and he came out and said straight up on this that that MUFON documentary we just talked about was a total hack job, that there was someone in MUFON made that to discredit Chris because they wanted to hide the religious and spiritual, spiritual nature of his sightings because he knows that what he's experiencing, this lady, is the mother goddess. What? Wow. Yes. The mother goddess. The mother goddess. And that. Well, you don't know her? What does she have to do with this? Well, I have no idea. <laughs> she is the one who is very important, I guess, in all of this. And once once she visited him, all the strange things started to happen that were like creepy and freaked him out. He thought were alien. It started becoming awe inspiring and he started getting very emotional. And 
He, he gets so emotional now that people have started to refer to him as Chris the Crier. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> so Poor guy. He gets very emotional about this, but he wants to get back on the lecture circuit, especially after meeting this angel woman, this mother goddess. So Who he didn't have sex with. He did not, as far as we know. He wants to, maybe. But maybe. He may him. have, actually. Who knows? And this woman, she returns to him Every Easter, the first time she met with him was on Easter of 2012. She arrives again in Easter 2013. And uh, after this, he really didn't have interest in talking about UFOs and aliens made of glass at these conferences, which um, the attendees of these conferences did not appreciate, as you're going to hear. I was so excited about what had happened with the lady. They wanted me to talk about what happened on the river, right? Mm. And I was so tired of telling that. Right, yeah. It brought back so much trauma. Of course. And I had just met uh, a week or so, two weeks before, this this beautiful, glowing woman from from heaven or wherever she's from. Mm-hmm. And she, she changed my whole life. It, it made me a different person. And I wanted to talk about her, and they didn't want to hear it. So they started heckling me. In the, oh. the, the crowd, and I was there. What was it, 50 to 70 people? 70 people. Literally were shouting at him. Like, we want to hear about the river. Don't, we don't care about that. <laughs> that's just yeah. toxic. That's, that's why I always make the joke, Bledsoe, say the line. Uh. Like we've, we've had that. Uh, that wow. was happening. So I, I immediately, I... Pulled into a shell, started crying mm. in front of oh, no. the crowd. People, and I'm sitting there in horror. Out of my mouth came two things. Buddy. That is brutal. I feel oh, so much for this guy. I can't imagine a UFO conference crowd going, we don't care about that angel. Tell us about the aliens. Oh, riled that up. is so sad. Oh, I mean, man. I know that he went to, wait, is this the same? Wait, was this... What year was this? I'm trying this to was probably it's around 2000. This was after the the woman, so the 2013, 14, around that time. Okay, because I saw um, just recently that he is going to be there again, uh, or he was just there for 2022. Yes, yes, he's UFO still conference. he's still on the circuit. And look, that's the last. He's clip. still willing to cry. He came back after that. No, he's oh, still he's out there. Right? Oh, well, hold on, so I've got brave. a little more. I've got a little more because. Um, and also, that's the last clip from Bledsoe said so. I did go back to episode zero of the show, and uh, I just found this little gem, and I'm just going to play it now. These aliens didn't stick rods inside my dad's body. You know what I mean? <laughs> All right. Sorry, they mentioned rods going in his dad, so. These aliens didn't stick rods inside my dad's body. You know what I mean? It, he sounds like Shaggy in there, no too. Like, oh, sorry, they're sticking rods in him. <laughs> sounds like Shaggy. That's what you meant by he sounds like Shaggy? I thought you meant he sound like, but they got me on the counter. It wasn't me. That's I thought you meant like that Shaggy. No, I was like, how is this kid going to sound like Shaggy? I've, I was waiting it for this moment, me. but it's a different Shaggy. <laughs> I guess I'm making Scooby. Boomer references again. It's a way over Shaggy here. No, Scooby. look, my mind went straight for Scooby-Doo. It did not go towards it. Because I fucking hate that song. You it's hate so fucking, that cause song? Because it's, it's scummy. It's scummy. Yeah, oh it's all about God. fucking glorifying cheaters. What are you talking about? No, she caught him though. Yeah, but he's like, but you just if you want to be a real player, you have to like deny it and be like, nope, wasn't me. And they're like glorifying, like, oh yeah, I totally like have these other side chicks, and you you gotta do it better. You have to learn like the master to to trick these girls more. 
All is that the what time he's getting up to? I'm calling this clip Shaggy Rods. Do I need to change it? Shaggy he's Rods didn't stick rods inside my dad's body. You know what I mean? It, it does sound like he does sound like Shag. He does sound like Shag. So back, kind of, let's get back to Chris Bledsoe because another interesting aspect of this case is that in 2014, almost a miracle happened. A tree on their property spontaneously combusted and just what? burned for no apparent reason. I believe I sent you guys a video. Maybe I'll have to Jesus. post it. And then later, after this tree, uh, the fire went out, the tree came back to life. And other Whoa. fantastic things have happened. I, I think they've mentioned that Chris was cured of Crohn's disease after meeting this angel lady. And that he was even given premonitions from this beautiful mother goddess. And one of those premonitions was about COVID about to happen in 2019. Another uh -huh. involved earthquakes. Thanks for telling us. And the disruption <laughs> of an election. Exactly. Well, we just got to pay attention. All of these yeah, things come true. Yeah, we didn't listen to the angel lady. He because be everybody wanted to hear about the river. Really That's right. They should have listened. And should have listened. Some some very much believe that this mother goddess, this is the same being that spoke to the children involved in Mexico's miracle of the sun in 1917. Oh. He said that high-level people in ufology even believe this, and he's even been met with by our boy, Tom DeLong. Tom DeLong has gone out there oh, yeah. to meet him. Tom DeLong has looked at the tree and the different spots where the aliens were there. And as we stand now... Wait, wait, who, who, was, who did that? You know... <laughs> Where are you? Thanks, thank Who you. Who are you? <laughs> I'm at Chris Bledsoe's tree. All right, I'm not doing that. Whole of thing. course, he got out there. He had to check it He's out. He's been dude. out he was there. Like, Lou Elizondo is going to met out. with him. And as, as we stand now, though, his book has just been released. As Drea mentioned, he is attending UFO conferences just this last weekend, and he. He claims on the show that he has thousands of videos that he has just not released to the public yet, that he has them out there. I have a theory that he's putting all this stuff together. This book is rolling out. There will be a new documentary about this guy if, if it's not in production already. This, this only thing, video of him you can find is from this thing from 2008, and he's already disavowed it as a MUFON hit job. So <laughs> I think with, well, with all this is building up that he's definitely got something coming out. And I'll say this, Easter is right around the corner. That lady will return, hopefully, with some new and important information that maybe we're paying attention. Maybe we pay, see what Chris is up to. If he says what she's going to, you know, give us some kind of thing. This is fascinating. I think this is a guy to keep an eye on. It's an evolving story for sure. You got any final thoughts, Drea Mora? Um, yeah, like I said, I think he's one of the... Um, I want to hear more about this. It feels like there's still... Even though that show wrapped it up mostly neatly... You know, like, well, we still think that there's very real stuff going on here. Something definitely happened with this guy. I want to know more. I'm looking forward to an update. All right. What about you, Rob? What do you think of hearing all this afterwards after finding out that he completely disavowed the show? We put all this work into uh, putting together an episode for. Yeah, I don't know how that, I mean, they didn't really paint him in a bad light. He kind of is just who he is. He paints himself in the light that he's seen in this documentary TV show thing that we watched. So I don't know if, I don't know what his beef is with, with it. I don't understand like what really he's like got a problem with. It seemed like they represented his story pretty well. I think um, that his hypnosis was weak in my opinion. <laughs> we talked about really that was the get, best he ever saw. He was like, you that did was good. weak, dude. That was weak. I know that dude was like really excited. His buddy was really stoked about oh, it, but good. like, I'll show, I'll, I'll, uh -huh. I'll show it to you. 
Yeah, and it, it, he didn't really say anything about the actual abduction. What happened while he was had that missing time? We don't. We still don't know anything about that. We don't even know if he saw an entity because now he's like, maybe I didn't see an entity. I don't even know. Well, he thinks that he what he saw was uh, a an early version of the the later goddess that he saw. That it was some angelic experience. He said he, he was trying to say no. Well, what I remember he says in the show it does come through. He says they're my guardians. They've been watching me forever. When I get Every sad, sad, they come to me, and I get sad a don't lot. Don't make me I'm cry. Crying on stage. Then you would think that they, maybe they were trying to make him cry so that the angel. Yeah, would we show want to up. see that angel. Throw something at him. I can't help but think that the that it's crescent. You're it feels imagining very crescent. crescent. It feels crescent like it's really stepping up one singular larger. She got a better costume, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. And she it does feel like she changed. Like, I've heard this, the way this man's voice sounds when he talks about this. Huggins. This, it's, it reminds me of Huggins. This man is in love. And I just, I can, I've heard this before. I know I've heard these symptoms in this man's voice. I, symptoms. I, I think we know what's going on here. And I think we know what he's experienced. He's beating he's around the bush. You think he's too shy to say that he's fucking her? Yeah. I think he's yeah. beating around the bush a little bit. I'm not no, saying that. Around about the bush, he's beating eight. around the burning bush <laughs> or the burning tree he's or whatever. Got burning bush. Oh, man. <laughs> Rob breaking it down. Rob getting to the bottom of it with so a fresh many brain on it. I love that. And look, I, I want to bring up something you brought up earlier. You were like, well, what would be the end game? You can't like make anything out of this. I think we're actually seeing that now. His son's got this podcast. He's got his dad on. The book is coming out. And I'll say, Ryan Bledsoe has got a good following on Twitter. Uh, the book seems to be doing well. People are very excited about it. It. Big names in ufology respect this guy, like this guy. And like I said, I'm on the fence. I have not read the book. This is all besides what this actual show and documentary was, which is so old at this point. I thought <laughs> there would be no real follow up to it, like a lot of these are. There's a big follow up to it. There's a lot going on. Uh, I find it interesting. And uh, I, I appreciated I the show itself. I thought that the show, the production of the show, it was very, it was like almost underproduced, which is refreshing, refreshing for the, because usually these sort of things are over. They try to like make them have like all these transitional sounds and like all sounds. Oh, no effects. Oh, we didn't even get into the whole animations thing. So. Yeah. Oh, they spent like an hour like recreating an animation that was like really not impressive. It just looked like. And a what did that prove? Jeff, basically, does that prove, right? it proved nothing. It was just like this is what I saw, and there's like now nah, look, moved. Move the light over to the left, like a we two paid inches. for the software. We're going to use it. Gosh darn it! That was an entire element of this. We didn't mention it all, but I <laughs> want you to because I'm glad that you brought this up. Yes, that they try to recreate all of the balls of light going in certain formations, and and Chris Bledsoe sitting there like Spielberg or Lucas getting up, going, "Well, actually, this ball came this way, and this one went this <laughs> no, way," and the guy who made the thing is looking at him, going like. All right, does it matter? Who cares? What's this for? This doesn't prove Welcome anything. Welcome to what it's you like could, being a graphic You designer. could just draw this. Yeah, Chris is just like, well, I got these guys will just do this. They're like, you know how much work it takes to change this? Little and then they're like, they're dramatically, they're like, pointless scenes. This, this is a recreation of what he saw that night. Like they do it all dramatic. You're like, yeah, we know. He just explained yeah. to us what it looks like. And therefore, because he was there. able to criticize it and tell us like specific details that were different, that means ah, it's a lot of credibility, you know? Like, Anybody could just be like, um, no, the green was darker. Um, oh, that was the filler. That's like in the beginning where they're like, UFOs are real, but we don't know what they are. By the way, also <laughs> UFOs are very real, but we're not sure what they are. I appreciated the bareness of it. It didn't feel like, it felt like it was a little underproduced, which was refreshing. It looked like unsolved mysteries yeah, refreshing. Uh, <laughs> effects, basically. Where it was good, but it wasn't total dog shit, but it was like, all right, it didn't look that it was, hard. It was entertaining yeah. for sure. 
It's a I fun show to it. watch. I love a new UFO experience story, and this is a new yeah, one. It's a very similar one. A lot going on with it. It's become angelic realm. There's a lot going on. He is out it's there. Stuff His son's on. got a podcast. Bledsoe said so with the great name. <laughs> We've got some great clips for him. Of course, oh, wait, he's on my rod soundboard now with- uh, These aliens didn't stick rods inside my dad's <laughs> body. You know what I mean? It- No one said they did, but now I'm thinking they might have. We already mentioned the butt earlier. All right, that's it. We're going to get out of here. So be sure and answer this week's poll. Who do you want to visit you on Easter? And the choices (laughs) will be the mother goddess, the Easter bunny, the glass alien. I don't know, us maybe? Jesus? Jesus maybe? Jesus or (laughs) other. Just go to unbelieverspodcast.com to vote and let's go. You better pray to the Lord when you see those flying saucers. It may be the coming of the judgment day. It's a sign there's no doubt of the trouble that's about. So I say, my friends, you'd better start to pray. They're a terrifying sight as they fly on day and night. It's a warning that with better men are we. Bledsoe and the Fayetteville incident. Uh, oh, I, I thought say, that was the band. No, <laughs> yes, that's a, that. That's, that sounds like a dope band, actually. Right? And the, the Fayetteville, the Fayetteville incident. incident. Yeah, that does actually sound like a cool band. Can I get the idea, Fayetteville Drew. incident? I was the basis of the Fayetteville incident. Yeah, I could hear that line being said in the bar. <laughs> but uh, man, this uh, this whole story. I got to say, going into this, I had really just kind of come across this this. Buffon documentary kind of felt fun. I don't feel we we never seen a show that just focused it on Mufon doing stuff. Like they pop up in things, but this was like a Mufon joint, and that's that what is what got me into this. And I just was kind of compelled by the Fayetteville story. I had no idea that this had gone, that his whole life could, had completely changed after this. He's had so much going on. He's seen goddesses every Easter. He's got a fiery tree in his yard. He's seeing and filming things all the time. It's it's a compelling story and the story's just getting out there too. So uh I don't know. Yeah, I like that it's a it's a currently developing, evolving story right now that makes it pretty damn exciting. Because like I said, I want to believe him. I want this shit to be real. Yeah, and his son's yeah. got a show. Yeah. Bledsoe said so. His son is just the whole <laughs> story. His, his whole podcast is just based off of Bledsoe family stuff. And maybe you'll get to hear, to hear him say stuff like, uh, "These aliens didn't stick rods inside my dad's <laughs> body." You know what I mean? It, and there's so much going on in this story. <laughs> but yeah, no yeah, rods. Rod we have body. rods we can eliminate from the story immediately. Thank goodness. Thank God. There's another podcast out there to talk about UFOs because there's just not enough. I say my own <laughs> podcast feed on my phone is getting so ridiculous. It's like paranormal gumbo, Bledsoe said so. It's out of control. It's <laughs> You've like, done I'm, this to yourself. You need to create a whole separate account for just this research kind of, you know, segment. I'm in. Because otherwise, I'm all you're in. never going to. Yeah, you, your algorithm's you, fucked. Once you start dipping into that, then you're just like, they just, it consumes you. You become a UFO guy. You, all around. you get a, this. I mean, Vrilox's podcast, of course, PP Warren's podcast. They're all, I got it. Someone's got to keep an eye on these guys. And that's what I'm trying to do. So, yes, they will definitely stay in my feed. I'll keep my eye on, a, eye on them, of course. But, uh, I don't know. Let's do it. Maybe we, I feel like we went a little long with this. And I just want to get into uh, what is it, Drea? What is it called? I don't know what we're going into. 
Yes, this week's poll. <laughs> what 90s celebrity would you want to hunt skinwalkers with? And the choices were Arnold Schwarzenegger, Matthew Lillard, Brendan Fraser, and Chris Farley. I'm going to go to you, Drea. What do you think the unbelievers said? I'm surprised you didn't just make this all other people just pick their own. I don't, <laughs> I really don't know what people <laughs> like. <laughs> Chris Farley, I guess. Chris Farley. What about you, Rob? What was the first choice? Uh, I think it was Arnold, Matthew Lillard, Chris Farley. Arnold. You think Arnold Schwarzenegger? Uh, yeah. I believe it's one him because he's like jacked yeah. up, like Dog Man, all that. Yeah, he'd yeah. be great. Well, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, sorry to both of you, Brendan Fraser with a whopping wow, eleven eleven percent. Everyone, well, not of nineties, Brendan Fraser, Tarzan, or Encino Man. No, not Tarzan. Jung- uh, what was he? The he Encino really Man. He was a uh, he was George actually, of the Jungle. He was also George of the Jungle. Yeah, sure. Mm. He was in a lots of shirtless now. roles. And if you want a shirtless guy out there to hunt skinwalkers hey. with, I'm assuming. But of course, there are others. What 90s celebrity would you hunt skinwalkers with? Feruza Bulk and or Christina Ricci, who worked <laughs> so that Violet Monroe could walk so that Violet Monroe could run. Oh, boy. Corrupted Mask. That's pretty good. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Corrupted Mask. There's no clip He's for that. He's just horny. He's just horny. Violet Monroe getting a reference in there. What 90s celebrity would you hunt skinwalkers with? My old dad was a 90s star. America's most wanted. I'm scared of my dad guy. Yeah, pretty good. So you're going to go hunt skinwalkers with him? Go ahead. Thank you, scared of my dad guy. What 90s celebrity would you hunt skinwalkers with? All the American gladiators. Obviously, I would feel protected and secure. And afterwards, (laughs) we could have an orgy. Signed, Deb from Accounting. Oh, all right. All right, Deb. Go ahead, Deb from Accounting. I mean, like, look, if if other people get to be horny on here, so does Deb. Can she handle that? I th- All of those gladiators? Even laser? Hey, man. Ah, we'll maybe see. she's working on her kegels. I think she could do it. Good for you, girl. What 90 celebrity would you hunt skinwalkers with? Skeet Ulrich, simply because his name reminds me of something hot and gooey. Eternally yours, Doodoo Bin Laden. Oh, thank you, Doodoo <laughs> Bin Laden. Hey, Doodoo Bin Laden. Okay, so he, if I could tell he wants hot gooey. It was so English, so I was so hot gooey, but... Even if I forgot about Button Love and Skeet Ulrich bringing it back. Thank you, Doodoo Bin Laden. I'm pretty sure he's alluding to... We went to this room. There was this bow on this table, and I was supposed to ejaculate into the bow. Skeet, certainly. That too, yeah. (laughs) Okay, sure, Shaggy, Skeet. He was. Hip-hop Rob today. What 90s celebrity would you want to hunt skinwalkers with? Travis Barker, drummer of Blink-182, specifically to make DeLong jealous. <laughs> he was not a 90s celebrity. <laughs> Nothing though. against Tom. Disqualified. Just think it would be funny. Signed, yeah, Unbeliever Maxwell. Travis Barker, he was known in the 90s. Ni- Blink-182 was big in the 90s. Come on. Yeah, but I wouldn't say, I don't I don't know He's about celebrity, celebrity though. though. Like, would people have, that's what I'm saying, like, they, yeah, they were abandoned in the nineties. We don't have to disqualify the others. Yet. I mean, like ninety, like okay, but yes, uh, I'm okay. Just, just commenting. Technically, he wasn't even in the band. I don't believe in the early nineties. He came into the band in two thousand when they were right. So the um, they were from. Wait, Cali, so by are the you way, saying Tom DeLonge would have been looking around, saying, uh, "Yeah." That's probably what we would so do. We're all saying. Thank you, Unbeliever Maxwell. <laughs> what 90 celebrity would you hunt skinwalkers with? Without a doubt, Pauly Shore. He'd be all, hey, buddy, with the skinwalkers and buy me <laughs> enough time to escape. Signed, Taylor. 
Yeah, and he can help you get the juice from the aliens. He would help you yeah. wheeze the juice, of course. He would do yeah. that. Yeah, oh yeah, wheeze it. That's, that's actually, that's not a bad one. Okay. It, it's pretty good. It <laughs> actually is pretty good. I'm so thankful Polly Shore has not ended up on a paranormal show. Maybe we need to look into uh, that. I mean, yet. Polly Shore has sure definitely he... been on a paranormal show. We will find it. Thank he's you, He's probably sure his family to. owns the Comedy Cellar, so he's connected. Oh yeah, sure, oh. sure. Mitzi Shore, we could, uh, there is that whole we almost did a whole episode on that. We'll have to see if he finds uh, turns up on that. Oh uh, yeah, thanks yeah. for reminding me yeah. about that. that. A lot of people see ghosts in the comedy store. Thank you, Taylor. All right, <laughs> what ninety celebrity would you hunt skinwalkers with? Hey, you guys. I'm oh, sorry. Hey, you, hey guys. you guys. I'm bringing sloth, <laughs> kicking ass, eating rocky roots, yes. sign who's beat. That yeah. is an excellent answer. All That's right. Fun. What ninety celebrity? <laughs> Sloth is Texas. No, he's 80s. He's not. All right, whatever. I mean, we he, still cared yeah. about him in the mm. 90s. What what 90s celebrity did you hunt skinwalkers with? Mel C from Spice Girls signed <laughs> Mike Dack. That's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, she's scary spice. She's like ready for this shit. You have to pick a Spice Girl. That's a pretty good one. Yeah, no. Is that scary spice? That's scary is that the spice, same? Yeah. That is scary. So yeah, there you go. What's scarier than scary? Why do I know this? Skinwalkers. What, what, uh, <laughs> what 90 celebrities you hunt skinwalkers with? Roseanne Barr, unless she farted and it sounded like a big old fat lady fart, <laughs> I'd be like, what What happened? Sign, <laughs> Carol. Sign Dick Lichen. Remember Dick Lichen? Oh, I thought for sure that was going to be Carol. <laughs> no. Well, what happened? Yeah, that's like copyright, Carol, but nope, Dick Lichen. Uh, I think it was uh, a big, big fat lady fart. And then, of course, wow. he would just be like... How do I not remember that that's one of our things? It's in there. There's a lot. We have got That was so a while many. ago, though, right? That was like two seasons ago. I know. You're out here like... It's never really like, left poll results. It's, Wait, what happened? I don't know. Thank you, Dick Graham, Likens. She's like, that was yeah. a, she's like, I, I even know. think there is a clip that is the name Dick Likens. <laughs> that is definitely from a Patreon episode. That was like a news Be reporter guy. Dick. Yes, I remember that. Look, you look for that. All right. What 90s celebrity would you want to hunt skinwalkers with? Rod Champion, Click Commander. It's a mutual respect that goes on in that department between us. Uh, Russ Ryan, host quotes. Thank you, host quotes, <laughs> for that. Uh, yeah, that one, that great one there. Uh, do you, I think we have the Click Commander at least? I don't know uh, if we have a uh, Rod yeah, Champion sure. one. Come on, yeah, I am the Click. Commander. Thank you, host quotes. Hey, I got on host quotes. I barely get on host quotes. Oh, I'll take yay, it. Oh, yeah, finally. You made finally. it Finally. Congratulations. What Welcome aboard. You're in the lead. <laughs> what, what 90 <laughs> celebrity would you hunt skinwalkers with? Uh, His name is Jeff Goldblum. Signed, Voodoo. <laughs> nice. Whoa. My name is Jeff. Yes, thank you, Foo Dude. <laughs> what 90 celebrities would you hunt skinwalkers with? That little scamp, Culkin Boy. Hee <laughs> Signed, M. Jackson. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, they like to hang out. Oh, Call man. A little scamp. A little scamp. <laughs> I think Kathleen Roberts has infiltrated our, uh, our poll results. Hee-hee. <laughs> Ow! <laughs> or thank you, Slides M. Jackson. Out. I don't know what help Macaulay Culkin would Well... I mean, he might hello. be pretty fun to hang out with and do hunt ghosts. Oh, oh, this is for skinwalkers. Skinwalkers, he's a pretty dangerous kid. He could probably catch yeah. them. He could set traps and stuff. He's good at that. Oh stuff. yeah, he's got all kinds of um, Christmas ornaments. He's and, way yeah. more useful than Jamie Kennedy. What ninety celebrity would you hunt sure. skinwalkers with? Someone to sniff my ass, suck my farts, turn around, and give me a pedigree. <laughs> Maybe yes. a woman. Signed, Whooping Hooper. <laughs> what the hell? That's great. Thank you. Oh, that evil Nate making his uh, poll result debut, I think. Yeah, I think that's the first time. Sniff my ass, suck my farts, turn me around and give me a pedigree. 
God. What was the other one? <laughs> just this whooping hooper. He said maybe a woman. It's just whooping hooper. Oh, woman. Oh, the woman one. Whooping okay. hooper coming in with some evil nade. Shout out to Maybe a woman. No, I don't. <laughs> That's it. No, totally so. forgot about that one too. Great callback to uh, Finding Bigfoot. Thank you to the. Uh, that was the Dungarvan Hooper. That was hooping. And finally, what 90 celebrity would you hunt skinwalkers with? If corn and tobacco could summon Freddie Prince Jr., uh, <laughs> I'd get out my big boy pants and credit card right now. <laughs> Signed, nice. Mothman Father. All right. <laughs> okay. I like that. Come on, big boy pants. He wants the big boy pants and the credit card. For okay, Mothman Father. Yeah. I mean, Freddie Prince Jr., that's a good choice. Hey, we already had Shaggy discussed tonight. This is basically Fred. Bring your big boy pants and your credit card. Ooh, so many good <laughs> ones tonight. Uh, I'll I'll go first. I will say I uh, I really liked. Uh, oh gosh, uh, I like Taylor. He had without a doubt Pauly Shore. He'd be like, "Hey, buddy, with a skinwalker and buy me enough time uh. to escape." I like sacrificing Pauly Shore uh, for that. <laughs> a lot of these you wouldn't want to sacrifice. Uh, I don't know which one did you like, Drea? Um, I I mean I loved uh, Hose B's with Hey You Guys, but I think I think you are right about the '80s part. I didn't look it up. I I vote for uh, Scared of My Dad guy. That shit cracked me up. Scared of My Dad guy, yeah, definitely came in big. With My Old Dad was a '90s star, America's Most Wanted. That's a pretty <laughs> good one. Uh, I mean, Corrupted Mass. I kind of like this too. With Feroza Balk and or Christina Ricci, who walked so that Violet Monroe could run. Always getting his Disagree. Violet Monroe uh, references in. Uh, yeah, but you, you had you liked Hose B. He had Hey You Guys. I'm bringing Sloth, <laughs> kicking ass, eating Rocky Road. That's a pretty good. Oh, one. by the way, I was just saying I disagree with the idea that in the comment not I disagree with your pick exactly I like, well I haven't picked you what about you Rob <laughs> um hmm I was just I just had it on the top of my was it uh my name I, is I like the one who said that I like no I, I did like the one who said yeah Jeff, Jeff, Gold, Jeff yeah, that's, Goldblum that's, that was that was very too. good but I also like the one who said Roseanne because I do think Roseanne <laughs> would be fun to go hunt skinwalkers with like I think she actually would and the, she would give up farts. and just walk back to the camper or whatever she's like ah, I've had enough of this I'm gonna go back to my yeah that would be kind of funny I don't know <laughs> She, I feel like that would be fun, but no, you're right. The Jeff one was very good. The Jeff Goldblum, because he is a 90s star. I like the tie-in. I feel like that's very yeah. creative. It's That's smart. Who was that? That was Voodoo. Voodoo. All right. We all okay, like- Okay, uh, I'm going Voodoo. Yeah, I'm going yeah. Voodoo. Yeah, I liked a I'll lot of them. I'm sorry. Thing. Sorry, Russ Ryan quotes, host quotes, Rod Champion, Click Commander. It's a mutual respect that goes on in that department between us. <laughs> but uh, congratulations with, uh, his name is Jeff Goldblum. Voodoo. <laughs> congratulations. You just won this week's poll results. All right, well, we're at the end of the program, but before we go, uh, Drea, do you have anything you'd like to say or plug? No, just the usual spirits and spirits pod. Um, Snacking with Jack just put out a new episode, and uh, yeah, I'm on Instagram. I always forget my Instagram handle. At Best Drea, Best Drea Mora. Mora. Check it yeah. out. Uh, yeah, check out uh, Snacking with Jack, the recent episode. I was on there. That was a lot of fun. Uh, what about you, Rob? <laughs> uh, just check out my Instagram, at Rob Oki, at Oki Audio. Um, yeah. Besides Do that, it. check out our Patreon. Hell yeah, Do check it. out the Patreon. We've got uh, another fun video bonus episode out there. We're going to be posting our live streams that we've done recently. We did a live stream <laughs> just a couple days ago. Uh, YouTube kind of spanked us for it, but then they apologized to but us. But we liked it. We forgive you, YouTube, and then we're all good now. Everything's fine. And yeah, so go subscribe to us on YouTube. I want to, I want a few more YouTube followers. If we can get to a certain number we're very close to, we can actually do polls on YouTube, and it might resolve our 
very badly broken website in its poll results, but we'll see about that. <laughs> but go follow us on YouTube. That's my plug for this week. And the Unbelievers podcast host today were Drea Mora and me, Russ Ryan, our producer and soundboard engineer is Rob Oakey. You join our Patreon by going to patreon.com slash Unbelievers Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Unbelievers Pod and Instagram at Unbelievers Podcast. And our Facebook group is the Unbelievable Podcast Network. We have a merch store. It's T Public. There's a link in the description. Always cool stuff there. Our music advisor is Pandora3373. Our official composer and theme song creator is Unbeliever A.A. Ron, a.k.a. Aaron Shilb. Follow him on Instagram at the Aaron Shilb. Our official graphic designer and card maker who designed our logo is Raymond Rowell. Check out his work at P. Raven Creative on Twitter and Project Raven Creative on Instagram. Our official guardian of the bench is at Kraken Stacker. Our official alien bopper is Nunchuck Bob. And for Patreon, our official big island paranormal friendly weatherman is Green Finhawk. Our official procrastinator is Jeffrey Hartnerif. Our official baby Yoda publicist is Pam Z. Our official unbeliever listening between the stations for a message from Art Bell is Scott E. Our official Unbelievers Raising Puck Wedgies is Joe Filler. Our official Madman is Unbeliever Adam. Our official Unbelievers Time Traveler is Taylor Nelson. Our official Snack is Jack S. Our official Ghost Hunter is Amelia Childs and Ghost Hunting in New England and Huey Halloween. Our official Senior senior European Correspondent is K. Mill of the I Don't Know Podcast. Our official Paranormal Art Curator is Isis Haynes. New one on the credits there. There you go. Our official Unbeliever in need of titles are Mike Henry, Todd X, Lid Vicious, uh, Sandra, Deborah Falls, Ramiro, Trash Baby, Adam Dorak, Wombat Preservationist. And this week's Unbeliever Focus is Warren G. Moten, who claims to have perfected, you know, one of those AI chatbots that you see sometimes, but one of me. And oh, look, no. I think it's going to need some work oh, because God. it's saying some pretty upsetting things. And I don't think, I, yeah, I would I'm never sure. think to utter these things. And my response to this horror is whatever this machine says, I don't know. Uh, and don't care. <laughs> All right, good night. <laughs> Tell Andrea. <laughs> Bledsoe said so. Said so.